We're okay, doing guys, it right. It's gonna be so professional. Mm-hmm. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with the support, or board, with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, 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 with June, who's really tall. They have fun, 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 interviewing comedians on my support, or board, with Michelle, who's really short. Welcome to the award-winning Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with my best friend, Rhonda Colson, Corey's friend, Trisha's <laughs> sister, <laughs> Michelle with one L. Hey, Michelle. Okay, that intro gets longer and longer and longer. It's like, and the next door neighbor of, I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, you're you 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 just deserve a grand entrance, is all I'm saying. I just noticed when before we got started that my chair is back up again, and it really like it just you just so a little down there, and then I'm like the Amazon woman. So I'm just going to be the floating head. Yes. Yes. There uh, it is. Okay, Michelle, I have, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you, you sent, you sent some facts to our guest today. I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have those facts available to you? Um, Like that one? Okay. <laughs> so you sent some lose. random facts about squirrels. I did. Uh, I squir- did. So, so read us the facts that you sent to our guest today. So squirrels may lose 25% of their buried food to thieves. Uh, squirrels may pretend to bury a nut to throw off potential thieves. And then I threw this in because I thought it was funny. Um, squirrels make up our neighborhood watch. <laughs> nice, nice. So that you have thieves that are making up your neighborhood watch. I love that it pretends. It's like, mm, pay no attention <laughs> to the fact that I have nothing here. Okay, here's my question for you. Have you ever been attacked by a squirrel? <laughs> no, I have not. But I did see on Facebook a picture of your sister. Yes. A vicious, vicious squirrel attack. I could not believe it. Wow. Okay, what was so Leslie this, doing? This was my sister. This is my sister that that I just got to meet in the last two and a half years, right? This is my sister Leslie. And um and and Leslie, uh, we found through some of my cousins who were doing some DNA testing and found out that hot dog had a daughter and it's my baby sister now. And and you know, we don't need DNA testing for our family because yeah, she she yeah. got attacked by a squirrel. That's that's pretty much all the proof I need that she's part of our family. Check. Like she's check. part of your family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. chased by a squirrel. I actually had a monkey try to steal my purse one time. Oh, dear. I want to hear that story, but um, oh, we're going to have to save that one for another day. All I just want to say is I think your sister got attacked because she could have been a potential thief. 
She That's was trying, what I'm saying. She was trying to steal the stash. Yes. Okay. Yep. So one day, Michelle, one day we'll build it up for, yep. you know, that's why people listen to our podcast and a few future episode. I'll tell you about how a monkey tried to take my purse on my honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> oh, that gets even better. I want to hear about the, the barrel of monkeys, your honeymoon, uh, you catching your hair on fire, all of that. that that's it's all good up. stuff. It's all good stuff. Well, the good stuff that is about to happen right now yes. and the facts are that we have an amazing guest. So tell us all about who's on the show today, Van Dusen. Okay. So our guest today has been doing stand-up comedy for over 20 years. He's toured with bands. He's an author of the kids' books, The Adventures of the Average Boy. Uh, he and his wife have a super fun podcast. Okay, make sure you check it out, Hook, Line, and Smiley. Also, uh, you got to check out his specials like Breaking Bob, Mullets on Fire, Uncaged, or his dry bar specials. He's got like the longest running dad joke or don't worry, you're just hungry or the tartar terrorist. Um, anyway, so <laughs> let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, an elite shampoo collector, the Ooh. fabulously funny Bob Smiley. Woo! Woo! Well, oh, I'm sorry. Is my uh, official Average Boy podcast award in the way of the camera? Oh, oh, oh my! Nice, yeah. lovely. I oh my! It. Let's let's look at that again. What what did it say? It's the best the NRB. It is uh, the best uh, religious broadcast podcast award for the Average wow. Boy podcast. And I didn't I didn't come here to talk wow. about my Average Whoa. Boy series or the new book that just came out. I'm just here to see how you guys are doing. That's all. Oh, oh, let, let me help you out here. Um, I think, oh, 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 look at that. Oh, did we get an award too? The, the Creative I, Motion Network Edge Award? Yeah, oh, here's what's crazy. Talk show? What? Yeah, wow. Michelle is so good at many things, but um, yeah, being able to create stuff on Photoshop is probably her best thing. Yes, and that, and yes. that looks official, like well done. That looks really good. And she's really Thank humble. You. Like you. she really is humble and she doesn't mind when someone else shines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She just, she's okay with that. She's and okay I want to clear him. something up. I was in a monkey suit and I wasn't just trying to steal your purse. I was going for your cell phone as well. So, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, this is, uh, yeah, I was married a few weeks ago. So you would have got a flip phone and about 45 cents as if you got a hold of both of them. So hey, in 2020, that would have been a score. Right. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, Bob, we're so excited to have you here on the Laugh Support Podcast. And, um, you know, Michelle and I, we, we recently got to hang out with you uh, at a retreat in Indiana um, with a bunch of Christian comedians. And we got to watch you, you know, uh, share and, and pour into the lives of a bunch of uh, Christian comedians that were ready to head out and, and conquer the world after hearing from you. So, so what have you done since the retreat? Have you conquered the world yet? Um, I, I have conquered, uh, my kitchen, um, that coffee pot knows who's boss. And, um, no, I've actually nice. been on the road quite a bit and you said I'm a, a shampoo collector. I'm a hotel mm. shampoo collector. Oh, so whenever, yeah. Like whenever guests come over, I'm like, Hey, what do you need? You know, holiday Inn, Hampton. What do, what do you feel like? Uh, so I'm, I'm very popular when we have guests over. Cause I, what just happened behind you? Can we talk about, I know it's a, a lot of people are listening in audio, but <laughs> So what you can't see is um, my dog, Reginald, uh, he 
he decided to even get up. Reginald. And she, so he's here to protect me from squirrel attacks, okay? If you didn't hear, my family is right now under attack by random squirrels who nearly bit the end of my sister's finger off. So I'm going to let him go and, and secure the perimeter real quick, okay? <laughs> okay, yeah. We, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have all this planned out, but read, read that first quote again to me. The squirrels may lose 25% of their buried food to thieves. Okay, so squirrels know about the IRS. So I didn't read your the PS part because I thought it was just like your signature at the end, and I was in the middle of doing something, reading my Bible. Oh yes, yeah. in case my mom was listening, um, and and so I didn't read that. So whenever I, so I'm reading it in real time, and I was like, yeah, twenty five percent. That sounds about right. So they. <laughs> Do that. And then what was the other one about hiding? Like, uh, they pretend they pretend to hide. They're not really yeah. hiding a nut. They're just pretending they to pretend. bury one so to Sarah, throw off potential people. Yeah. So Sarah and I, like we have five boys. And so we do that. Like we'll hide stuff. Like we'll put stuff <laughs> in the pantry, but the good stuff we've hidden away. Yes. In our room. And so I'm like, yeah. So squirrels, man, they're, they're not that, that different from us. We could learn no. a lot from a squirrel, I think. No. We could definitely yeah. learn a lot from They're a also squirrel. double jointed, just FYI. <laughs> Their little hind legs. <laughs> Their little hind legs are double jointed. <laughs> That's my favorite fact of all. <laughs> they can climb a tree <laughs> backwards. Yes. No, super quickly. They like it gives them extra speed or something. So Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So this is really um what I what I meant to tell you before we get started is sometimes we just go off the rails, you know, we don't really even well, I am not comfortable with that. When God was making squirrels do you think he was like i want them to be good at the parallel bars so let's make them double jointed like why would a squirrel be double jointed i think just for party tricks you ever seen that guy at like the party who's like look what i can do with my arm like squirrels mm -hmm. they can hang out in the woods and you know and, and like a, a a raccoon might think he's cool but then a squirrel's like but i'm double jointed you know so I was, I, I was at a party in high school um handing out christian tracks um which is what i you know did yeah, I love when my mom listens to podcasts. Um, but there was a guy there named Clint, and he he had double jointed arms, and he was like, "Hey, look what I can do!" And he did that, and I was like, "Hey, look what I can do! I can like spontaneously throw up because it just grossed <laughs> me out so bad." Oh, that's who bought it. Okay, I wonder who bought my DVD. So it was yeah, you. I, I, yeah, I found it. Uh, the squirrel was trying to bury it in our yard. I'm like, uh, uh, no, trash goes uh, not in our yard. So. Um, yeah. So he, he buried he buried my uncaged special, but he really was trying to protect like mullets on fire and breaking Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. you know, he saw it and he's like, "Oh, look, another nut," and uh, was trying to you know take care of it. <laughs> you you want to know something that's embarrassing but kind of funny? Um, so when I first started dating Sarah, um, you know, she has two boys, and they were all like interested in comedy and it was nice that somebody in their family was interested in my comedy mm. and so i gave them dvds uh, to watch and then when we got married and i was helping them move uh into the house uh i found yeah there that was at the grand canyon that this is going to be a great audio podcast yeah michelle is now <laughs> showing us so she shows she has shown us the cover of one of uh bob's cds uh, and now she's showing us the actual cd where it looks like he's your young man um, posing like at a, the Grand Canyon. Is that correct? Is, was there a, like show that elementary again? Elementary school. It looks like an elementary student. I was 12. Look at those biceps. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it says where? Texans. His shirt says Texans. Yeah. The the biceps look smaller because I'm in front of the Grand Canyon. Right. So right. For oh, scale, okay. people need to know that. Okay. So, but right. when I was helping Sarah and then move, I found the DVDs and they were unopened. And so <laughs> that's not painful. I was like, oh, but I didn't, I didn't feel too bad. I, I sold them at a show that weekend. So, you know, it still worked and out. And did you sit the kids down and then just do your whole special right there? You're like, since you didn't open it live show. Yeah. No, here's what I, I told Mason, our youngest, uh, my youngest bonus kid. I, I was like, watch my stuff. And then I want you to perform it for me. And so he did, he watched my stuff and then did a show for Sarah and I like doing my material and stuff like that. It was really fun. Oh, was it fun for him or was that punishment? Because for my son, oh, it's no. punishment. I make him listen to my new bits when he's in trouble. And if he laughs, then I know I have something, right? Yeah, like if, if this is an angry teenager who already does not care about what I'm doing and I make him laugh, then I'm like, golden like it's it gets the big highlight like this is the one but but my comedy is basically a punishment not a reward for my children <laughs> well so. the reward came in that he got to perform so anytime that it ends with a spotlight on him mm -hmm. then he's super excited i'm talking about you sorry sarah just walked in oh uh, say hi to you hey, guys hi sarah <laughs> there hey. she is hey that looks so cute Oh my goodness. We, we, we've been under attack by squirrels and monkeys and, um, what? so we're, we're doing all right. For thing later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. So look, there's, there is some of your laugh support right there, Bob. So, so the, you know, no, the no, no, this is Sarah. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> we love Sarah. So we do we love, love Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love you. Yes, you. I'm leaving town for, for two and a half days with. She's going on so, a women's uh, work. Mi mission trip. No, it's a work retreat. In Las Vegas. <laughs> no. Oh. And so oh, she's no. in here to get cash because they don't take credit cards. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I heard they've, they've shut all that down in Vegas. Bunch of singles, children, I think. Yeah, the children yeah. she's helping in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. um, they don't allow photos or any kind no. of tracking or anything. So it's, yeah. I'm no, told yeah. it's going to be great doing the Lord's work. <laughs> well, um, believe, have a safe travels any, there. If you believe any of that, then we're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, Aww. just in case you need to um, help, you know, you might want to uh, pretend to bury your money, money uh, just yes. to throw off potential thieves. The squirrels have taught us that. So okay, that'll help you, you out. Very good so, to know. Yeah, well, and when all those girls just just twist your arms like you're double jointed, and that distracts people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The, the great thing about reading that fact was I was like, that's what I'm going to do with my money now. But now Sarah knows. So Oh, oh, we're so um, sorry. We're so sorry. No hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, girls. Y'all have fun with this. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. I love the miss kiss there. So Bob yeah. went in for the kiss and then had to exaggerate that he wanted the kiss. Yeah, it was, like kiss. Our, it was like our first date all over again. <laughs> And the wedding ceremony, now that I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, that is awkward would, at the You would wedding. think that would be a sure thing, uh, you know, the kit. But no, no. She was looking at the cake. Yeah, no <laughs> guarantees in life, my friend. No guarantees in life. What um, What kind of cake was it? It was a, um, ooh, what was it? It was like a buttercream um, cake. It was, uh, we we were paying for the wedding. So Betty Crocker mm -hmm. was our, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, our caterer. <laughs> 
Isn't it always nice. buttercream though? Isn't that like fancy people cake? It's got to be buttercream. Oh, yeah. Like, if no, it's it not, was, you didn't get married. It was, well, again, we were on a budget. So it was actually just butter on top. And then I have a milk cow. So it was oh, cream. Cool. Or buttercream, <laughs> right? I love it. Oh, yeah, it, so it was cool. outdoors, so it was BYOC. Like, bring your own chairs. Like, we did everything on a budget. It was uh it was great. Our, uh, yeah, DJ Alexa uh, played the music for us, and <laughs> she's good. Yeah, she's, she's very good. good. And sometimes you could ask her to tell you a joke, and she will. Sometimes they're mm. pretty funny. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah. People, I, I was actually yeah trying to perform because I wanted people to buy you know stuff at my merch table after the wedding, and well, you um, got to. And they kept, yeah, getting Alexa to try to top me. So it was, it was fun. Some people complain that we charge for parking, but other than that, I think everybody else had a really good time. Seems fair. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Seems fair. That sounds uh, like a delicious cake. All right. <laughs> go ahead, June. Ask it a very important question at this point. And go. Oh, okay. Important questions. Are we going, are we doing that? All right. Bob Smiley. You've been doing comedy for a few minutes, right? And so we're, we're just digging back. We're going back to the beginning when little Bob Smiley said, I'm going to be a comedian. Who were the people or person or were there anybody that was in your path when you decided to start this journey into comedy that were supportive to you and helped you along the way? Okay, so my dad has always been super funny. I could walk him, I, I could watch him walk into a room and no matter what, like whoever the, the audience was, he could make them laugh. And I watched that as a very powerful tool. Um, everybody kind of wanted to hang out with him because he was funny. And so I literally grew up realizing that comedy was a powerful tool. And so I, I really did study him and uh, his friends were very funny. And so I would watch them. Uh, I remember one time we were we were going quail hunting and it was my dad in, in the truck. And then I was sitting next to him. And then uh, my dad's best friend was in the passenger seat and his son was sitting next to him. So like we were the two kids were sitting together and my dad and his best friend were just being hilarious. And the little kid wanted to talk to me. And I remember shushing him because I just <laughs> wanted to listen to these comedic minds like spar with each other, like back and forth and stuff. And so I kind of grew up like knowing that comedy was very powerful. Never thought I would do stand up. Just always thought that I would use comedy as a tool to brighten people's day or, you know, to, to be able to make friends and all that. So I, I realized that God has given us laughter as a, as a gift to give other people. And I wanted to be able to give that gift. Um, and so then when I got a weird offer to start doing stand up. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is what God has for me. Maybe he wants me to use all these things that I've learned, uh, you know, as a, as a kid and, and realize it was a powerful tool. Maybe I could actually use that as my profession. And so talking about support, I, so really quick, this is how I got into it. I did a stand-up competition in college, not because I was pursuing comedy, but because I wanted to, um, like first prize was $500. And so, mm. uh, and that was out in Abilene, Texas. So that's like six months rent. And so I did the competition. I won, not because everybody, you know, everybody else was just so terrible. I won, you know, so it wasn't that I was good, but <laughs> I won. And then two years later, this guy calls me out of the blue and he's road managing a guy named Clay Cross. And Clay just in a meeting said, it'd be fun to have a comedian come out and keep the crowd going. And so that, that guy, that road manager saw me do that one stand up competition 
And so he called me out of the blue and was like, do you want to go on tour with us? And I was like, that's a crazy, you know, and I thought I would go out on tour and I would do a couple shows and then people would say, oh, wait a minute, he's not a comedian. And they would send me home. Mm. But that's how I got in the industry. And so I had to go to my parents and tell them like, hey, I've got this weird offer to go out on a tour bus and do comedy. Um, you know, do you, is it okay if I, I mean, I was out of college, so I was, you know, supposed to be a grown up, but mm -hmm. I still, you know, went to my parents and I said, you know, Hey, I'm, I've got this offer. And my parents were so supportive. Like they were like, that sounds like an amazing adventure. Like God's opening a door for you. Like, you know, even if it doesn't last, like go out and, and just give it your best shot and, and all that. And they were just so supportive about it. So yeah, I, th I think my parents is the, the answer I think to your question was that, was that a question? About yeah, no, I think, that, I think that's awesome because not, not everybody gets that, um, gets that support. kind of support from their family. And I, I mean, I remember when, you know, when God called me into comedy, I was like, I, I was kind of hiding about it because I didn't know how people would accept it. And if they would think I was crazy, I have a question. So I struggled at the beginning, even telling someone I'm a comedian, like I wasn't even sure if I was, you know, and as you said that, it kind of made me think that, did you, did you ever go through that where it took you a little bit to even say, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian? Yeah. I, I read a quote. I think it was from Billy Crystal who says that when you first start, you keep expecting uh, the comedy police to show up and arrest you for being a fraud. Yes. And I felt like that. Like I was on this tour and I was like, I'm not a comedian, but I'm, you know, I'm going to get up and try to, and Clay had these moving lights that kept breaking. And so anytime they would break, they would just send me up on stage to stall. And so I would just go up there and that's where I learned like crowd work. And like, whenever you get to a city, you look around and you find certain things about the city that you can make jokes that, that seem like inside jokes to your crowd. And so mm -hmm. like when I would like be coming in on the tour bus, I'd be looking and seeing like, do they have a Walmart? Do they have a dress barn? Do they have, you know, like what all do they, and like, I really learned a lot on that, but that whole tour, I just felt like a fraud. I would get up and tell my jokes and, you know, it, people laughed. I was like, okay, I, you know, I tricked them, you know, cause I, I just, it took like three years before I actually felt like I was a comedian, you know, like I was a legit mm -hmm. good could handle. And I remember it was in Louisiana. I was doing a show and I mean, I'd been doing it for three years and still didn't feel like I was legit. And somebody yelled something out and I ad libbed on that. And instead of continue, continue with my set show that I had, I started in my mind moving bits around because I felt like it would go better, you know, mm. with the ad lib that I did. And the crowd just went with me. And I remember at that moment, that moment standing on stage, I was like, Oh, I'm actually, I am a comedian. Like I'm, I am taking these people on an adventure and they're going with me and I can do anything I want to do on stage. And I've, I've got enough confidence that I can actually take them on a ride. And, but that took three years. Yeah. For, mm. for so long, I just felt like at any minute, the comedy police would show up and arrest me. Mm. That that gives me so much hope because I figure, okay, so I've got three years now, then I'll feel like a comedian. So thank you. Like that right there. <laughs> <sighs> three more years. You'll and get got this. years. Yeah. I have to go to Louisiana <laughs> and, yeah. and do a show in Louisiana. Okay. All right. All right. I can do this. So did, 
did you know other comedians at the time or did you, were you watching? Uh, I, I assume this is a Christian artist. Is that right? Or yeah, yeah. No. Kid Cross is a, he was a Christian okay. artist. He had just won new artists of the year. So he was drawing about 800 to, you know, 1200 people a night. So it was really baptism by fire of wow. here, get on stage and, you know, dance for me, circus monkey, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody knew I was going to be there. So they weren't expecting it. And so oh, I learned how to really kind of like, I, I, I kind of acted like I was thrown on stage. And so I acted like I didn't know I was going to be on stage and the audience definitely didn't know I was going to be on stage. So I kind of was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to tell you guys the announcements and I'd written jokes about the announcements. And so I'd get them laughing at that. And then I would kind of go into, I'd be like, that reminds me of, and then I would go into bits and stuff. And so uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely baptism by fire. Like it was, it was crazy. And so, so I guess you didn't really have anybody in the comedy industry to, oh. to ask questions to, or did you? Yeah. So I, I told this at the CCA, um, but my first introduction to Christian comedy, I, I was going to Abilene Christian. Um, so I was, you know, surrounded by Christian people and stuff and I was a Christian, but I was a farm boy. So we didn't have we didn't listen. We didn't get any music, much less Christian music or anything like that. And I didn't know about Christian comedians. And I was in college and this girl gave me a cassette tape of Paul Aldridge. And she said, hey, this guy's a Christian comedian, which I'd never heard that term before. And she was like, I think you could do this. And and I wasn't again, I wasn't pursuing comedy or anything, but people kept thinking that I would because I was funny, that naturally I would want to be a comedian. And so she gave yeah. me this tape. And I told this at the CCA, but um, I put the cassette tape on. I was cleaning my garage and I was listening to this guy and he was super funny and it was great. And I, I could tell it was at a church because he had mentioned that he was at a church. And then the, I flipped the cassette tape over and on the other side was George Carlin. And <laughs> what a contrast. <laughs> I didn't know comedians, so I didn't I still thought it was Paul Aldridge and the oh. George Carlin. <laughs> The bit he was doing is a famous bit, but I had not heard it. And it was called the seven words you can't say on TV. Yes. Oh, wow. So I'm listening to this guy while I'm cleaning my garage. And I'm like, wow, the second half of his show got really dirty. And then I started <laughs> justifying it. I was like, well, he is saying that you can't say these words, but man, he is saying these words a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, what kind of church is this? And then I realized it was California. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Mm. And, but that was my introduction to Christian comedians. And then I ended up on tour, which is crazy. I, it's always funny because kids come up to me at shows and they're like, hey, how do I become a comedian? I'm like, mm. do a stand-up competition your junior year in college and wait for somebody to call you. Like, it's the worst advice in the world. But yes. that's how I ended up doing it. And so I got in and I, I had knew of somebody gave me a cassette tape of Dennis Swanberg. Uh, who was a Christian comedian. And then I'd heard of uh, Jeff Allen and I'd heard of Shonda Pierce and uh, Mark Lowry. So mm. when I got in, I felt very isolated because I didn't know there were other com Christian comedians out there. I thought there were those three, you know, big name ones uh, yeah. and that was it. And so I think it was maybe year four or five. I was at Spirit West Coast. And a Christian comedian named Ron McGee was there and he came over and sat with Ron. me and he goes, he goes, why, uh, and I shared this at CCA, but he goes, he goes, 
Smiley, how come you don't like hang out with us? And I was like, what do you mean us? And he's like, you know, the other Christian comedians. And I was like, there's more of us. And he was like, oh, there's hundreds. And I was like, how many good ones? And he said, eight. <laughs> but that was my first, like, I didn't know that there were other Christian comedians out there mm. doing, and, and nobody was, I got such a weird start because I did the Clay Cross tour. The newsboys mm. saw me. They asked me to tour with them. Then the Supertone saw me. They asked me to tour with them. So the first couple of years I was touring with, like rock bands, like Christian rock bands, mm. and nobody else was doing that. And so I was not in like the vein of Christian comedians, like working the circuit or doing anything. And so, yeah, it, at the beginning, I felt super isolated and I felt like I was doing something that nobody else was. And I kind of was, but yeah, I, did, I didn't know how to do it or what I was doing, or if there was other Christian comedians out there trying to get shows or anything. I remember to, to get started, um, I, I cut a deal with a booking agency in Nashville that booked Christian rock bands. And I just went into their office and I said, Hey, look, I'm going to try to book a, a tour for me. Um, I'm not a, a big name. I, you know, but, uh, if I can use your database and your phone, I will give you 5% of everything I booked. And so they, they thought it was a weird deal. And so they set up a little desk and they gave me a little computer with all the phone numbers uh, on their database. And I made 200 wow. phone calls a day and I did that for like two and a half weeks and I booked like a whole year of shows and they were super low paying and, you know, they were not good gigs. But for a year, I was able to go out to churches and and do shows just to, you know, keep going. And, you know, so I there was a lot of like, OK, I got to figure this out on my own because there's mm. nobody else doing this. But little did I know there was, you know, hundreds of people out there doing the exact same thing, but we just didn't have that connection. Wow. So now you do. You have that connection with a lot of uh, of, of different Christian comedians. When did that come about where you did find that support and that group that that became your core? So so Ron and I exchanged emails. You know, this is back in the day. So both AOL accounts um, that'll tell you how yes. long ago that yes. was. And um. And so, uh, and we talked on AIM, you know, if kids are listening to this, they're not going to know any of this stuff. Um, I gave him my beeper number. Um, and so. <laughs> oh, he got, he had the beeper. Okay. I made that kind of money. And um, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, so really the first one. So Ron McGee, I met him and then I had a cassette tape that came out in Christian bookstores and there was a guy working in a Christian bookstore and he got my cassette tape and he emailed me through my website and said, hey, I'm starting to do comedy. And uh, so I just wanted to reach out and introduce myself and, um, you know, just maybe see if we could bounce ideas off each other and stuff. And so I started emailing this dude back and forth. And that was really my first like I felt like I had a friend who was starting comedy mm. and maybe knew a little bit about it. Um, this guy's name was Tim Hawkins. Um, so I don't know what happened to him. Uh, um, yeah, never but, heard of him. Yeah, um, but Hawkins was my first kind of connection where I felt like I had somebody else in the trenches mm. starting, you know, trying to to carve out, a, you know, a name for himself and and stuff. And then um, and then somebody brought me and Hawkins in to do a show together. So it was the first time we met. And that was like three years after we had been emailing with each other. Oh, wow. And, wow. Um, and then whenever I met him, I was like, oh, there's other people like me out in this world. Like it was so comforting 
and we were just talking about all the bad shows we'd had and all that, you know, the stuff. And I really felt like I had a band of brothers out there. And so then I started meeting all these, uh, you know, Ken Kington and um, I met Darren Streblo. Uh, he came to one of the Newsboys shows. And so I got to talk to him. And so, yeah, just little by little, I started like making friends and, and realizing because, again, we didn't have like the CCA wasn't happening. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the internet wasn't what it used to be. You know, you, you had to like hand crank the side of the computer to get it to start up and, you know, dial up and all that stuff. And so, yeah, so it is weird that if I, if I look at my call history on my phone, like the first 20 people, 18 of them will be comedians like now. Mm -hmm. So I have a, yeah, a good group of people. Um, and the CCA is great about supporting one another. You know, it's not this mm -hmm. backstabbing business that, the comedy world tends to be. And so it is really great to, you know, have a bad show and be able to call Streblo afterwards and say, Hey man, you know, or, uh, Tim Hawkins, I, I've just got his Butler's phone number now, but yes, yeah, know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll call him and talk to him. <laughs> so, um, how, how do your comedy buddies feel that, you know, you are like super successful and they're just barely getting along? Like, you know, how, how is that? You ever feel like, you know, are they upset that you have the Grey Poupon and the bus and, and, the, and the airplane and stuff? I'm just curious. I just have the half. I just have half of that. I just have the Poupon. Oh. Um, <laughs> Not the Grey. Yeah. I'm still all the in kids. the ministry. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a great question, though, because I think one of the struggles that we had early on in the CCA was like show envy. Like people mm. were looking at everybody else's calendars and being like, man, you know, like, yeah. um, I, I never had that. I had a, I had a really cool moment uh, at a festival in Cincinnati at Kings Island and Brad Stein, I, I'd been working really hard to kind of get my name out there as, you know, a, a, a legit Christian comedian that somebody could bring me in and I could do a full show. And, mm -hmm. and I was starting to get my name out there and I was feeling a little successful and then Brad Stein showed up and did promise keepers. And all of a sudden everybody's talking about Brad Stein. And I'm at this festival and I was emceeing it. And then I was going to do um, uh, a late night show. And Brad just showed up and he walked out on the main stage and he killed for 30 minutes. And everybody was like, oh, my goodness, Brad Stein's here, Brad Stein. And so I was sitting on the side of the stage watching him just kill. And I was like, well, I guess my career is over. He's here now. Mm -hmm. And then the speaker that was supposed to go on after him didn't show up. And so oh, they no. came to me and they were like, Smiley, can you go out and stall for like 20 minutes? And so I went out right after Brad Stein, like a really good comedian, and he had just murdered. And I went out there and I did okay. And that was eye opening of like, oh, he didn't go out and take all the laughs. Right. Like there's not a set amount of laughs that people can give us. And so I walked out and I, and I did okay. And so I walked back off stage and I was like, Okay, I think my career is going to be okay. And so then I never looked at other people's show dates. I'm actually excited when, you know, I was talking to John Chris about this. When he announced like his super full sold out like tour, I was like, that's great. People are wanting comedy. So if they're wanting comedy, they'll go yeah. to his show. They won't get it because, you know, it's John Chris. But um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we understand. Uh, I so hope he hears this. Uh, yes. So yeah, John listens. Yeah, John definitely listens to everything that we do for sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But no yeah, there, and I think the CCA did a good job of addressing that. Of 
There's yeah. plenty of room. There's plenty of shows for everybody. And I like that it kind of weeds out the people that are hustling, the people that are, that are doing the work and really like realizing this is their career. So they need to show up every day and do their job. Those yeah. are the ones that are successful. And yeah. the people that want to just sit and complain about other comedians getting breaks or getting that. Well, mm. what are they doing? They're not putting in the work. I didn't mean to talk about this, but you know, at the beginning when John Chris was blowing up, there were mm. a couple of comedians that started at the same time and they would call me griping and complaining about, yeah. man, you know, he just, and I'm like, John wakes up and he works his tail off every yeah. day working on videos and writing scripts and do it like he wakes up every day and he's not worried about other people. Yeah. He's worried about putting out the best product that he can. And yeah. I, I told those guys that I was like, Hey, instead of, you know, spending 20 minutes on the phone with me griping, how about you write a new bit? Yes. Try that out, you know? And so, yeah. and I think the CCA did a good job about like just saying, look, work hard at your craft. You become good and you'll be rewarded for that. Quit. Yeah. Quit looking at what everybody else is doing. And I, I think that's that's a good life lesson, really. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. The uh, comparison and competing and complaining are, are so toxic. It is so extremely toxic. And, you know, when you were talking about there's there's room for different people. Um, we, we have a mutual friend, Haas Ridgeway. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, Haas was somebody who I actually went to middle school with and, and known him since, you know, since I was young and. Um, the first time that I did a club, it's on your t-shirt right now, was Gutty's, Gutty's Comedy mm -hmm. Club when they had first opened. And I remember after my set, Haas said to me, there's room for you. You have to mm -hmm. know that there's room for you. And not everybody does that. Like you said, a lot of times people take that energy and you can't be content with what God's doing in your life when you're so busy focused on what's happening and, and other people's lives. I think that's really, really great that you said that. And there is hustle, but there is also, there's some God ordained moments for you mm -hmm. for sure. Where they, like you said, you know, when somebody's like, how do you get into it? Well, you know, I'll get that question sometimes. And I'm like, the Holy spirit just said, this is what you're going to do. You know? So that this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. But there's also the work that goes into it, too. And I think we got to be very careful about never, um, never apologizing for the moments where, the, where God says, I'm going to place somebody in your path right now that's, that's going to set this thing in motion. But then from there, yeah. you're in charge of putting in the work and, and doing what's possible and let me do what's impossible, right? I totally agree with that. And that's the advice that I give people is like, I'm like, write every single day, work on your craft. And then God will, if he, if he really, cause a lot of people say, God, I feel like God's calling me to, to be a comedian or, you know, I feel like he's leading me to, to this. Well, if that's true, then he'll open the doors. He will yeah. absolutely yeah. open the doors. I never would have pursued comedy, but I really feel like this is what God wanted me to be doing. And so I just tell him, I'm like, take care of your business. And then God will take care of his. He'll open the doors that he wants open mm -hmm. for you. And if, you know, and sometimes the answer is no. I mean, we are all probably thinking of people right now that they're pursuing it and it's not their calling. Like it's not. And so yeah. it's, it's difficult, but you got to be thankful for the closed doors as well. And yeah. so I, I just tell people, right, like take care of, you know, making sure that when you get on stage, you're bringing the best show you can for people 
and then let let God do the rest. Like he'll mm -hmm. he'll take whatever he wants and bless what he wants. And, you know, you, and if you truly are a believer and, and have faith in, that God's plan is better than yours, then you've got to be OK with that. Yeah, I'm reading a I'm reading a book from T.C. Stallings right now. Um, and in the whole analysis he gives is like, if God created you to be an orange, be an orange. Stop trying mm -hmm. to be a pineapple. You know what I mean? And I love that you said, like, I was having to invent what I was doing and, and, and nobody else was kind of doing what you were doing at the time. And I think a lot of times what I loved about the CCA this year is that you got it. We saw, a, 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 you know, there was a ventriloquist there and a, a sword swallower and there's, you know, a juggling and every there, it can come in different forms. And we don't necessarily have to be a carbon copy of somebody else mm -hmm. and the career that they're having. I mean, Michelle and I, as you know, as you know, um, like Christy Condor, people are always thinking Michelle and I are the same person. We just, we're, we're so similar in height and, and um, our accents super and, you know, skinny, all of that stuff. Blonde, and I'm like, one, one of these days I'll get to be just like Michelle Van Dusen. But until then, <laughs> until then, right. It's, it's important to, to, to be who God created you to be. Yeah. And they, you know, now they have like operations to make you way shorter. So, I mean, mm. that's a possibility. I only said that because of your theme song. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love that? It was a really professionally done. That started as a, uh, it was a snow a joke. day. It, it was a joke. You <laughs> wrote that as a joke. And I'm like, I, I actually love it. We're using it. Yes. I it wrote it. So great. In, I wrote it in an hour. I went over to my sister's house. Her and her husband are bluegrass musicians. And I'm like, all right, Joe, we're going to do this, this song. And then Michelle's like, I love it. We're using it. So, <laughs> so, so there good. it is. But hey, okay. But I, I definitely want to dive in real fast before we let you go about, um, about your podcast, the official, um, the official average boy, right? podcast yeah, average boy podcast and, and and but tell us about like the origin of average boy because i feel like that's another area of laugh support where um you are reaching a very specific audience uh with humor but also with you know with the truth about mm -hmm. about god and and life and and so share, share with us a little bit about how you're supporting uh you know people through the average boy yeah. Um, so when my first CD came out on Impop Records, they sent it to Focus on the Family and a guy named Jesse, who's the editor of Clubhouse Magazine, which is their magazine for middle school kids, got it. And he thought that it was funny. And he thought that the humor like translated because most of the shows I was doing for, was for youth groups anyway. So my material yeah. was really geared for that. And so he contacted me and he said, hey, you know, we've got this magazine for middle school kids. Um would you think about writing a humor article uh, about going back to school? So I wrote this humor article about going back to, and it was a true story about me getting a really bad haircut. And <laughs> before, like, as I was writing it, I thought of a, a really funny, like cell phone joke, but as I was writing it, I was like, well, this, then it can't be me, you know, back when I was in middle school, cause oh, we didn't yeah. have cell phones. And so I just decided to make him a generic kid. Um, but still based on me. So he's average at everything else, but with God, he can do great things was the whole idea behind it. Oh, wow. And so I just it's called perfect. him average boy. And so I wrote this, it was supposed to be one article. I wrote this one article uh, and just called it the adventures of average boy. And then all of a sudden middle school kids were writing in to focus on the family 
and it's like, hey, can Average Boy write more articles and stuff? And so wow. that was over 20 years ago. So I, I wrote monthly for their magazine as Average Boy. And then uh, they were getting so much mail and stuff from, uh, you know, for Average Boy. Uh, they had me write a comedy devotion book uh, for middle school kids as Average Boy. And that book did really well. So I wrote a second uh, comedy devotional book for middle school kids. And then uh, in 2019, this is a good God story. In 2019, in December, so before COVID, before everything shut down, uh, Focus contacted me and they were like, hey, we we don't know if families will listen to podcasts together um, as, you know, an average boy podcast, but we want to try it. And they didn't have a budget and they were like, will you write the script and we want you to do the voice of average boy and we want to just, we want to try a couple of average boy podcasts to see if families will listen to it together. And so, and there was no money and anything, but I did that. Like I did, I wrote 13 scripts. I did uh, the podcast. It was kind of funny because when I got on to do the, the actual recording of the podcast, I was going to make my voice like really high, like a junior, you know, junior high kid. And uh, the producer was like, um, no, Bob, we, we just want your r- regular voice. And I was like, yeah, but he's supposed to be a junior high kid. And he was like, yeah, we know. <laughs> okay. Humble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we did that. So they put that, they started putting that out. And then in March, I was actually sitting in this office here. And in March, in two days, I had 73 shows canceled for the rest of the year. Mm, like wow. just nothing. And so that's when, you know, you, you, you have faith in God, but you also, you know, take a moment to panic completely yes. and yes. lose your mind of like, how am I going to provide for my family and stuff? And again, I'm not bragging, but I became a four star uh, Uber Eats delivery guy. Okay. But the podcast did really well. Like families were, and they were short. They're like 20 minutes long. So families would listen on the way to school or on the way to the store. And they were really funny, but they also had a lot of biblical, you know, takeaways and stuff. And so then Focus contacted me and they were like, this Average Boy podcast is a hit. Um, So, you know, now we've got a budget. And so that helped float me through the summer. And then because the Average Boy series was doing so well, that's when I got the third book offer to do like Average Boy's first fictional book. So the the new book is Average Boy's Above Average Year. And it's a whole year of him going to a new school and trying to make new friends. And there's a a challenge that he has at his youth group uh, to kind of, you know, present the gospel in unique ways and stuff like that. So it's not a, it's not a devotion book. It's just a full, like, you know, year, like fiction book, but there's a lot of Jesus in it too. A lot of encouraging things for kids uh, to listen to. So yeah, it's kind of a fun, it's not even really a side hustle because I I pour so much time into Mm. it, but Mm. um, it is kind of a, a neat thing. And now since the podcast is doing so well, I've got like families coming to my shows only because they know of me as average boy. They don't, you know, they didn't wow, really nice. know about the comedy world that I've, you know, been in for over 20 years. So it's, it's, it's kind of a nice blend. Now, yeah. are they going to end up making average boy into a movie? Cause I could see you playing like mm-hmm. one of the middle school teachers and, oh, yeah. you know, or yeah. being a mentor of average boy. And I also want to know, um, to get material to write average boy, do you just mm. go through your boy's journals you're like, oh, this is a, this is good. I like this. Yeah. yeah. So glad they don't put locks on these. This is fantastic. Well, one, my kids love being in my act or being written about. And so mm. they're they're always doing stuff and then pausing and going, is that funny enough to make your show? You know, 
Also because they've learned about royalty rates. So I don't know oh, yes. about that, but yeah, that's, that wasn't a good thing. But um, when I was writing the first uh, Average Boy book, I wrote it. Um, I was in another house and so my office was upstairs and I'd never written a book before. And I sat down and I basically just drew on every weird thing that happened to me as a kid. So mm -hmm. the whole book and I just wrote it. I, I wrote it in two weeks. And which is really fast for a book. And I wrote mm -hmm. it and I was like, I can't believe like people talk about writer's block and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this was easy. And it was, I, I thought it was really funny. And the devotion questions at the end of each chapter were really good. And I was like, super proud. And then I got to the very last chapter and I was like, all right, let's just finish this. And then I sat there and I was like, Ooh, I don't know how to finish this. And I was mm -hmm. upstairs and it was pouring down rain. And I opened up my window and I looked outside and my three boys were in the ditch. And I'm not going to give away the whole story and everything, but I watched them. And then I was like, oh, and it yeah. was a perfect ending to tie in all the other things from the book and like the perfect encouragement, like had a good spiritual message at the end. And, and so that was the start of, oh, I need to start really like gleaming from my kids lives and not make average boy just you know stories that happen to me and so yeah books two and three there's a lot of stuff that happened in there that actually happened to my kids so yeah they are That's writers crazy. for me that's a great question oh nice so um where can people buy the average boy um books the books are um they're on at focus on the family uh they're on my website bobsmiley.com which i think is your homepage. and do yeah, right yeah. okay yeah yep, totally <laughs> Have you guys done a podcast favorites? about? Have you done a podcast about lying yet? Um, I don't uh, want to hit that I, one. Yeah, um, sure, we have, Michelle. Yeah, already yes, we have. Yeah, yeah, of course yes, we have. Yes, yes yeah. we did. Um, we sure did. Season yeah, five. They can get. Uh, they can also get the books on Amazon. Here's a a, a bittersweet thing. Um, <laughs> it's like okay, this is a, this is an actual joke, but it happened. My kid was doing homework, and he was like, "I need a definition of a mixed blessing." And the only thing I could think of was getting a kidney transplant from a bedwetter. And um, so, <laughs> so, so this, what I'm about to tell you is uh, kind of a mixed blessing because the podcast is doing so well. And because the new book did so well, people are going back and buying the other books and um, Tyndale is the publisher. It's through focus on the family, but Tyndale and they were not expecting like the other books. So the first book is actually on back order. And so I can't even get them until September. Um, wow. So, but the other, the second comedy devotion book and the brand new one is available on Amazon, uh, focus on the family, my website, and they can, they can get those. And then September, you can get the first one. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Yay. Well, let's wait. talk Let's talk about um, all of these things that we have scrolling at the bottom of the screen when it loops back around. All right. So Bob Smiley's website is bobsmiley.com. It's at Bob Smiley Comic on Instagram, at Bob Smiley Comedy on Facebook, at Bob Smiley Comic on Twitter, Hook, Line, and Smiley Podcast, which is the podcast with you and your wife, correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. And if your listeners are sinners, I'm on TikTok. And, oh, okay, <laughs> on TikTok. And then the official Average Boy Podcast. Now, just real quick before we let you go, tell us a little bit about your and Sarah's podcast 
Um, obviously she is your laugh support if she's willing to do a podcast with you. So tell us a little bit about that. And then we're going to, we're going to let you go. We'll let you be free like the squirrels in the woods. Yeah. I need to go hide some food. Um, so <laughs> the, the pod, the hook line of smiley podcast is my wife and I, and <clears throat> we started it because we were having a picnic a dinner out at the park and we were just sitting there and we were talking about some serious stuff but she was just being hilarious. And I mean, she's just, she is very, you guys know her. She's it's very, so very funny. funny. Um, but she also is not afraid to dive into deep topics and stuff. Yeah. And so as we were sitting there, I was like, man, this is so special. And I'm so like lucky to have somebody like this in my life, but I want to share it. And so mm -hmm. I, I was like, what did you think about doing a podcast? So we started a podcast and we did, um, we did it for a year and a half. And then uh, life got super like hectic. And um, and so we took a long break. Like we took a very, very long break um, from doing the hook, line and smiley. So normally I don't promote it, but mm. I saw that it was on there. And normally I would have told you guys, oh, we don't do the podcast anymore. But last night as we were going to bed, Sarah was like, I think we should start recording again. So oh, we're going to record. Wow. We're going to start recording next week. And so we'll, we'll be back. But all the other podcast, I think there's like 68 or um, 67 podcasts um, that are still up that people can go and, and find wherever they get podcasts. And then yeah. next Thursday, we should have a brand new podcast and we'll be up and rolling again. So this is an exclusive on, on your podcast. Well, of course. Laugh Support is always getting the exclusives from the most famous comedians out there. So that's mm -hmm. amazing. All right. So we're going to be able to check out uh, Bob Smiley and, and his wife. Their podcast is coming back. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people blessed by the first round of it. And they're going to be super excited to see that that's coming back, too. Well, yeah, Bob, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a very funny podcast, but uh, we're a blended family. And hmm. um, we've both been through a lot of... Uh, stuff. And so we talk about, you know, having trust issues based on our past and, yes. you know, um, how to blend a family and the structures of, you know, trying to be a stepdad or stepmom or, you know, just anything that's that, that we're struggling with, we don't shy away from that. So it is a, it is a comedy podcast, but, um, we definitely dive into some serious stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to get it back up and running. Well, and that's something that's super needed. And I've, you know, I've had a lot of conversations recently with, with my uh, Christian friends and, and, you know, relationships in the church and, and things like that. And how we, you know, a lot of times we shy away from those conversations and then people feel alone and they feel like they're the only ones who are mm -hmm. dealing with this. And uh, I think the devil can play in our loneliness for sure. And so to have people who are willing to put their heart out there and, and just share and maybe, help somebody else along the way is a huge deal. So hook line and smiley is coming back. You heard it first right here on the laugh support podcast. What do you think Michelle Van Dusen? It's been a good one, hasn't it? It has been fantastic. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. And you gave so many little tidbits and wisdom and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this three or four times, you know, just mm -hmm. like, okay, how, um, how can I get to college first is mm -hmm. like what I need to start with. And, um, hopefully I get accepted. And then I got, wait, what were you studying in college? Cause I don't know if I can do this whole comedy thing without knowing. Yeah. I, I, uh, I planned out my life. I, I really wanted God to, you know, to lead my steps, but because mm -hmm. I'm a control freak, uh -huh. I also was like, here's my plan, God, you know, like, this is what I want. So I was going to be a teacher. 
And then I was going to be a principal and then a superintendent. That was my goal. So my degree is in elementary ed, which was so great because I remember one time I was sitting in the living room with my roommates and it was finals week. And I had a roommate that was um, studying to be a missionary and a roommate that was studying to be a doctor. So they were going over botany and um, I think it was Greek and they were studying Greek and botany like two super hard things. And they looked up over at me and for my final, I had to make a bulletin board. So I was cutting out letters and they were like, (laughs) Smiley, let me get this straight. You go to a classroom full of girls and you cut out letters. And I was like, Hey, this is hard. You know, I was, I was making an A, which turned out to be my only A that I got at college. But I was like, this is hard, but it was, yeah. So I got my degree in elementary ed. That's, uh, that's what I thought I was going to end up doing. I, I don't know anybody uh, named Ed in elementary school. Um, I, I there was a Tony. There was, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Instead of just jumping right into a classroom, I maybe fill out a resume mm-hmm. as a janitor. Maybe just start small at a college. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Um, hey, just FYI, in Greek, the, world's, the word squirrel means shadow tail. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. You wow. have given me a lot to think about today. <laughs> Well, yeah, with well, that, you know. with that final fact, Bob Smiley, we were going to thank you one more time for being here. Michelle's going to kick you back to the green room. Enjoy all the snacks that we have there for you, mm-hmm. but stick around for a minute so we can properly tell you goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, how did you get the Greek fact on a squirrel so fast? This is, this, this whole episode's been a little squirrely. I'm just going to say what a, what a great guest. I'm so excited to hear about, um, the podcast, him and his wife coming back on their podcast. I know. So many great resources out there. So, so friends, again, um, if you enjoyed Laugh Support podcast, you know, holler at us, uh, reach out, like us on social media. You can watch this podcast. There's a lot of interesting things that were happening that you want to (laughs) see. You can watch it on YouTube. You can also find us on the Creative Motion Network on Roku TV and Vimeo. And of course, you can listen to this podcast pretty much anywhere that you want to listen to a podcast on the beach, in the bathroom, you know. Wherever you get a podcast, it's none of our business. All right, that's going to be it for this episode of the Laugh Support Podcast. As always, Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle Van Dusen, sign us off of this thing. I just want to leave you with one more squirrel fact. Oh, no. Uh, They can find food buried beneath a foot of snow. And I'm like, why would you put it underneath snow? I don't get it. I don't get it, squirrels. Put food where you can reach it. I put mine on the bottom shelf so I can reach all of the Oreos. Mm. Thanks for listening. 